Welcome to the Broken Sun. to Specters of a Broken Sun. I'm Arp, your guide here on the podcast, and my pronouns are here, they. And today I am just joined by one other person. So say hello, Keekers. Hello, Keekers. <laughs> I, I know. As soon as you said it, I'm like, oh no, I have to do it. <laughs> oh dear. I'm Keekers, also known as Bia's Base Cat. I am, my pronouns are she, her, and I have enough weird quirks for three additional people, so we're good. It's a good thing you are playing at least two additional people on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so before we begin, I want to acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the unceded territory of the Katsi, Coquitlam, Stalo, Kwantlen, Staminas, and Musqueam people in the treaty land of the Tawasan First Nation. You can, of course, continue to support Indigenous land protectors by visiting unistaten.camp and following the hashtag Settler Saturday on Twitter. So today we are doing a one-on-one -on -one session with CD to see what CD has been up to and to uh, follow up on some plot threads that uh, CD has been working their way through. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to start off in the downtime from your previous mission, which means what has CD been up to in terms of downtime actions? We can pick two of these. Let's see. Well, I think hmm, they do have four stress, so it might be good if they tried to indulge vice. Okay. But that is scary. Well, it is always a risk that you could take uh, in indulging your vice, but it might be worth doing. Yes. Um, are other friends around that they could have help from, or that doesn't really happen? It depends where you are. I yeah. mean... Uh, I know you're with Haros. Yeah, does uh, that count? I mean, Haros is a contact, basically. You might be in touch with Sarah still. I assume you're still in touch with Sarah. Oh, I would hope so, but it's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Well, so, I mean, Terry's there, but Terry doesn't really count in that way. No. It depends where CD is hold up is cd sticking with terry or is cd uh hiding somewhere else mm. i think cd is nearby but the thing is like cd i imagine that cd is very close to terry because terry still has the life support right and i feel like they're not gonna be able to find another place with life support very easily for haros yeah I mean, Haros is, she's not really hooked up to any machines anymore beyond some basic monitoring things, but mm -hmm. uh, she does still have a flesh and blood body and lungs. So she requires air and uh, life support throughout the station has been getting shut down more and more yeah. over the past few weeks. So that's what I'm imagining that, you know, I mean, at this point, I think that Haros generally it's more or less just a i don't want to say feeding tube i i want to say that in the future we have less invasive ways of keeping someone nourished 
Well, Haros isn't in that bad of shape. Like Haros okay. responds, Haros eats, Haros has basic conversations with you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's like new. Haros, well, after the, you know, they're coming, mm-hmm. after Haros uh, uh, sort of woke up in that way, I think she's been able to speak with you in basic ways. Just like a yes, no. Yeah, she's showing oh. like a level of understanding of what you're talking about. Oh, that's fun. Aww. I want to say that, okay, so Haros has been like basically inside of CD's room on the, I almost said the express for a second, on Terry, on the probable cause. If someone actually went in there right now, they'd be very surprised because like it's still very, very crammed full of stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's not like hoarders level anymore i think that like if someone had like noticed random things popping around random places just like oh i you know you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you see like tucked in a nook or cranny of a building as like a little like minaki neko statue that cd has randomly just decided belongs there mm-hmm. so i want to say that is now CD's downtime that CD has been attaching things to buildings as their random downtime action. Okay. As they're weird. But it's it's like, you know, like, oh, and then if you tried to grab the Maneki Neko, um, it's stuck there. <laughs> or other other weird things. Okay. Well, let's they- see. Let's uh, indulge your vice and see how that goes. If you're doing it with oh. someone, then you can always add your extra die to that yeah. and on, tell me who's with you i ought to say it was just cd and i got a one okay so hey, I that's, mean, you're you're yeah. in a stressful situation so it, it makes sense in a way that you wouldn't be clearing a whole lot of stress when you're out in hiding as it were scurrying about doing this uh doing this task it's it's basically cd keeping your ear to the ground but also taking like 10 minutes of their time to somehow mess with things and and decide that oh i i want to put this uh what i just imagined was them going into a library just adding extra books randomly (laughs) as as another example of this yeah i get it okay so you've indulged your vice doing that uh doing this task that uh, cd has feeling themselves compelled to do and what else is has CD been up to during this uh, during this time since they had to abandon the uh, waterworks plant? Well, I know for a while CD was working on finding the core. So I think I, see it's hard because I don't know I because part of me feels like maybe CD lost interest in clearing their name. Yeah. But again, I do think that they would still be trying to maybe find that person. I think I think the like the motivations behind it has changed now that I think about it. Like I don't think CD thinks that they can really ever clear their name anymore. Mm. But I think they still want to find this person since we know someone has their core and CD doesn't like the idea of someone stopping someone from being able to quote unquote be reborn or whatever. I mean, you know, specifically general griefer has George Perry's backup. Yeah. So that's, that's basically like, Oh, well, well, why the heck does, does general griefer have that? It, it's not his. Mm-hmm. 
It's very strange, uh, you know, all things considered, why General Griefer would have such an interest in this specific backup of this specific person who was supposed to meet with you and your crew those months ago. Oh, those months ago. Yeah, I think that, at the, again, to risk running this into the ground, so much has changed since then. And I almost started quoting a lyric from a song there. <laughs> but you're all welcome that I stopped myself. So let's see. In terms of downtime actions, there are, you know, a, n- a number of things that you can do. There's oh. always acquire assets, craft. Um, you know what? I think they're going to train their insight. Okay. That's something you can do. How is CD doing that? Oh, CD is such like this character that I just think what, and then like the first thing that comes into my head is generally what CD would do. And the first thing that came into my head in this instance was CD starts training themselves by looking at all these magic eyes. Mm. You know, those... Yeah, the magic eye pictures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I was thinking, oh, CD would probably want to bring up their study or something for our doctor. I don't know. But then what popped in my head was all oh, study, magic eye. Okay. So I had a tick to your insight track there. So you said you wanted to... Does that? Sorry, does that work if you're a robot? I wonder. Maybe it does. Maybe they have uh, a different type of magic eye thing specifically designed for robotic eyes. Yeah. Or maybe it's a sim thing. Although getting SIM access these days is very difficult due to the oh. ongoing, what's the word I'm looking for? Unrest. Uh, there are ongoing protests. There's fighting in the streets going on between uh, resistance forces, the uh, surface liberation front, and the military. A three-way battle that is going on throughout the uh, various sectors of the sun. Mm-hmm. You've been seeing probably on social media a lot of the uh, hashtags that have been popping up more recently. I think oh. we discuss them a little bit in the channel i don't know if cd actually ever has used or uses no they probably used it when they were alive but i don't think cd uses social media you can probably at least find it on the news as well okay yeah like these it would be mentioning how there's new trends on social media and so on uh so that's that's worth noting and noticing that there's these ones going on about attempting to shift public perception against the military and more in favor of the corporate wing of the solar free state. So that's uh, sort of what's going on at the moment. People are starting to rally around like uh, the, the corporations and starting to turn more against the solar free state and the military uh, and things like that. So that's the general way the attitude is shifting right now. Mm-hmm. I, I want to imagine that CD is watching the news with Harrow's and CD is pretending to eat popcorn. It's not actual popcorn, mm-hmm. but it is basically like cotton balls in a carton that they are pretending to shovel into their mouth as they watch this. And they're just like, gee, Harrow's, this is really interesting because corporations are evil. and But so is the government uh, military here on the sun. So while the balance of power is shifting, it's very interesting. Harrow's looks over at you and she is eating some also not popcorn, but it's like cut up ration bits. Yeah. And she looks at you and she says, I was made by a corporation. Yes. Am I evil? No. Unless you want to be. I don't know. Is that good? That is the opposite of good. Okay. I don't want that then. Oh, you're a sweetheart. She eats some more of the food that uh, that she's eating and looks back at the screen says 
funds, not guns. That's what they say. He's reading the words that are being shown on the screen. Yes. It can, like, is Harrow's just inherently able to read? It's very difficult to know what knowledge Harrow's has access to, what skills and knowledge, because, you know, we talked about how her brain was essentially being made as a, a blank template, but there's clearly something going on in there. There may be some bleed over of skills or personality traits from the sources that you use to build her. Yeah. Or that you got Phoenix to use to build her for through Dr. Reed Tamaranda. I was imagining, actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I kind of imagined uh, Heros being a bit like grunt from Mass Effect at this point. You know, kind of like you have this information in your head, but what you are is still up for you to decide. Yeah. Like she's clearly not you and she's clearly not Hector. Yeah. You know, and she's clearly not any specific individual, but there are moments and flashes where you can see all of those influences in her as well as the other things that make up her personality. Mm -hmm. Has she been afraid of fire if CD has shown her fire? She like real fire? I think CD started out with like a picture of a fire on a tablet, like one of those fireplaces. I think she would say something like, I don't like that. Okay. Like she doesn't seem to have a, a visceral panic reaction to it, but she's, I don't like that. No, thank you. I'm so excited about this. So again, to start this off, CD and Harrow's have kind of formed this ritual now that Harrow's is talking and forming opinions and this sort of thing. Like, you know, they start out the day, CD will try to show Harrow's different random things. And if Harrow's doesn't like it, that's one of those things that somehow gets scattered by the wayside. I believe that CD has started tacking up pictures of things that Harrow's likes or has said that she likes. But one of their main things is CD reading to Harrow's because that was something that CD really liked to do with Sarah when she was growing up. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like there's like, I want to say there was like this one night where CD was reading the story to Harrow's. It was like, oh, is this, this is Sarah's one of Sarah's favorite stories when she was a kid. Sarah, your daughter. Yes. Doctor. Yes. I want to meet her. Yes, she is technically your sister, I would say. Yeah. Oh, well, what's the story? And then CD reads that story and is like, uh, and then like, do you want to hear one of my favorite stories? Yeah. I want to say that the story that Sarah really liked was a Greek myth. Now I have to decide what it was. I want to say Cupid and Psyche because that's one of my favorites. Yeah. You want to give us the gist of it? Yeah. I'll give the gist of Sarah's favorite. Uh, think basic uh, tropes from good old Beauty and the Beast. This girl is considered extremely beautiful. Her name is Psyche. But uh, people start talking about her and saying, oh my gosh, she's more beautiful than Aphrodite. And people start abandoning going to Aphrodite's temple. And Aphrodite is really ticked off by that. She's like, this is just a mortal. Why, why, what does everyone think so great about her? <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm going to make her fall in love with the most hideous, ugly creature, person in the entire world. That will be good. Um, so then she sends her son, Cupid, uh, also known as Eros, to go make Psyche fall in love with the most 
unimaginable creature. And then Cupid sees her and instantly falls in love without one of his arrows. So you know it's a big deal. Mm. So then um, instead, he spirits her away from her family, basically tells them, oh, she, she needs to marry this, you know, her father goes to this oracle and it's basically, oh, she needs to marry this monster. But really, it's she gets carried away by the wind, uh, Zephyr. Um, and she lives in this palace with these unseen servants who take care of her. And then at night, unseen suitor is with her. But, you know, it's very lonely being alone when only ha- you have company at night. Um, so she gets her, she begs to have her sisters come visit her. And they do. And then they're like, have you ever seen your husband? And she's like, uh, no. Because he only comes out at night. And they're like, how do you know he's not a monster? And she's like, I don't know that he's not a monster. And then they're like, here, we're going to leave you a candle to look at him while he's sleeping. So she does uh, because she's gullible. And unfortunately, she spills either oil or wax on him. Oh, dear. Again, this is, yeah, this is a story that kind of gets replayed a lot in other mythologies at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Like East of the Sun, West of the Moon. Um, and he wakes up and he's burned. And he's like, oh, I told you, you know, if why would you break my trust to not look at me? You know, now, now you're going to be left alone. And she instantly regrets it for not trusting him. And uh, she can't find Cupid. So she goes to one of Aphrodite's temples and asks for forgiveness. And Aphrodite's like, yeah, okay, I know you, you, you jerk. You you messed you know you took away all my offerings, you made my son fall in love with you, and then you broke his heart. So you're gonna have to go do these all these tasks for me, just continuously. And then uh, Psyche is like, yes, I will keep on doing these because I want to see him again because I love him. Hmm. Um, so she keeps on doing it and doing it. But uh, one of the tasks she's given is to go down to the underworld and get a box from Persephone, one of my other favorite uh, Greek mythology people. And she does, but it's a box of some of Persephone's beauty. And she's like, oh, well, if this is the last task, I want to look really beautiful for Cupid. She takes a peek, but it's this sleep. And then uh, she falls asleep and then... She's stuck asleep for a long time, and Cupid finds out, and he's like, oh, okay, I forgive her. Then he wakes her up, and all is forgiven, and then she's allowed to become an immortal and marry Cupid, aka Eros, messing up my words here. And they live happily ever after. And Psyche means soul, so it's like love and soul work together for all time. Eros says, these gods don't sound very nice. No, a lot of the Greek gods and goddesses are really jerks. Actually, my name is named after one of the people who is completely neutral. What does neutral mean? Neither good nor bad. How can that be? They do things that could be both good and bad at the same time. Like, it hurts one person but helps another. Or there's nothing that they do that has any good or bad like i don't know exactly how to describe it can bad things be good sometimes yes i see she thinks about that one for a long time Mm-hmm. so cd decides well i'm gonna read you one of my favorite stories okay a long time ago back on earth 
there was a land called Egypt. It was a land covered in sand most of the time, but there was a life-giving river in the middle. When it would flood, it would leave around, leave behind nutrients so everyone could grow good crops. The leaders of the people of this land were called pharaohs, who were supposed to be children of the gods. I see. When people died in this land, their spirit would go down to the underworld. There, their heart, which was their spirit, would be weighed. If it was lighter than the, the feather of truth, they would be allowed to pass on to eternal joy and a good afterlife. But if it was heavier, then they would face eternal, well, torment. But these scales were run by one person, and his name was Anubis, and he was the judge. He would make sure that the scales were equally balanced to make sure that there weren't any ways anyone could to escape the judgment that death finally brought on everyone. Because you know, Harrows, no matter what, at the end of the day, no matter how you live, how you're born, how things go, when you die, you're gone. And everyone is equal in that. <sighs> this sounds very strange. Mm. A human heart weighs about 300 grams, and a feather is less than 1% of that. It's... Does everyone get tormented? Mm. No, it's a metaphysical thing. Uh, it's not the actual heart. It's the spirit of the heart. People used to think the soul was in the heart. So it was more like how much your soul weighed. How does a soul weigh? Well, a soul is supposed to be the thing that inhabits your body that makes you alive. Um, a long time ago, a doctor tried to figure out how much it weighed by weighing someone who was alive and then weighing them immediately after. That makes sense. They had died. Yes, yes, it, it did make sense. But the thing was, a lot of people argued whether souls exist or not. He estimated that a soul weighed about 21 grams. I see. Um, it wasn't a very good study, though. No one really... The thing is, we don't know if souls exist. We don't know if they actually weigh anything because they're immaterial. If they do. Did the doctor include the weight of the waste that was evacuated after the body perished? He did. Okay. 21 grams. She nods. She thinks about this story for a while as well. And while she's thinking about it, there is a notification from Terry saying, You've got a visitor, CD. Oh, that's entertaining. Shall I let them in? Or do you want to see who it is? Or... I'll come out there. Very well. Heros. Uh, but CD makes sure that the nightlight is on for Harris because CD still, I guess, treats them like a child a little bit because, you know. She is still very childlike in a lot of ways. Yeah. Aside from having uncanny knowledge of medical procedures, <laughs> biology. I feel that they, like that's like a, one of the best things you could actually get from CD. <laughs> uh, so Terry extends their ramp and outside you actually see a group of people. There are four people waiting for you outside, uh, outside at the bottom of the ramp, and they are looking rather ragged and scorched, like they have carbon scoring all over their frames, their uh, their chassis. Uh, the, probably the first person you'd notice is your daughter, Sarah. 
Oh my gosh, what are you doing here? She looks up at you furtively and she says, can we please come in? Terry, do you have an issue with that? I said, of course not. They're your family. And I know everyone else here. So who, who else is here? Crate, Chains, and YOLO. Oh my gosh, this is my favorite group of people on the sun, except for Slip, all together. Yeah, um, Crate is in terrible shape. Uh, Chains and YOLO are both carrying him, one on either side of uh, his hulking chassis. Uh, Chains is in bad shape. YOLO is missing an arm. Is he like in sleep mode so I don't have to do the voice? <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like he's in bad enough shape that he's offline at the moment. Like there's sparks, things leaking out of him. Oh my gosh, the guy fainted. Does anyone have a revive? Sorry, that was a bad satchel folk joke. He would laugh if he was awake. All right, everyone come in, come in. So they all come in, CD. They pile inside. I think Terry converts the main area into medical bay mode to, to deal with this. And uh, you get Crate uh, put up on one of the platforms and uh, YOLO is there. And YOLO is, is carrying his other arm. It's like strapped to his back with uh, a bit of fabric. It's been tied up there. His jacket is tattered, but uh, still looks good, of course. So should I take care of 3PO first or uh, Ash Ketchum over here? Wait, Ash Ketchup <laughs> or Ash Ketchup? Uh, YOLO seems for once in their life to be too exhausted to respond to a joke. Uh, but Shane says, if you wish to see to crate, then stabilize him. I will attempt to assist YOLO with their arm. Sounds good. Big Chungus. Chains uh, nods, and uh, he turns to start assisting Yolo with reattaching their arm uh, onto their shoulder socket. Should I should I roll the doctor? No, we're not going to bother with that right now. Okay. As CD starts looking, like opening up, I want to imagine a panel or taking off the front part of the chest of the chassis to see what wires are fried or whatever. CD kind of like looks at Sarah is like, so how did you get messed up with all of these people? I hired them. What? She reaches into a bag that she's carrying. It's like a, a large bag, not leather, obviously a large fabric bag, canvas of some sort. And she pulls out a glowing blue cube and she places it on a table and says, George Perry. Oh, Wow, I was afraid it, you. I was. A, I thought for a second you had the all spark there, or, or one of those. No, just one, just one, mom. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm I'm in choke mode. Yeah, I know. I'm just. I haven't been shot at in a long time, and even longer since anyone's thrown a grenade at me. So, uh, I'm just. I'm a little on edge. I was really hoping you'd never been shot at. Well, I have a couple of memories. I don't know. Oh, oh, wait. Uh, there's something important that you and I need to talk about. Uh, Is it more important than this right now? Oh, the family? Family? What, I, what uh, are you talking about? Oh, okay. Uh, the slip won't mind if we go into their room for a second. I, I think mean, Harrow's has come out by this point. Oh, okay. So she is standing in the doorway looking at all of this action and uh, her eyes look over and, and she sees Sarah and she's like, oh, this is Sarah, the doctor. That's your daughter. Yes. And Sarah is staring. Everybody is turning and just staring. And Sarah's like, what, what is this? 
haven't you been up on the news and hear about Phoenix and all their issues with creating... Is this one of the super soldiers? What What's she doing here? No. Okay. So one of the reasons I'm wanted is because I was providing some of the genetic material to Phoenix to uh, create people. So you were stealing bodies? Uh, no. No, 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 no. I stole a body part or two or several. That seems semantic at best. I know, but it was for everyone on the sun. So I was redistributing something that we shouldn't have had in the first place. And yep. Anyway, uh, one of the things for getting that for them was that I got my own clone, but... uh, She's not a clone. She's her own being. And, and Sarah takes a, a closer look and walks over to Harrow's and she's looking looking her up and down. What's Sarah's chassis look like? Ooh, ooh. Like if she was if she had one that she wore on a more active day, like say infiltrating a government facility. So remember how CD originally looked a bit like Wally? Yeah. Sarah looks like Eva. Okay. So much more advanced. More along the lines of an MKV-style chassis. Yeah, now, remember, she was kind of... She had had dealings in the core as a doctor, so definitely nicer. Okay, so she's got an upscale one, I mean, aside from all the carbon scoring and stuff. Yeah. She's floating around um, Haros, and Haros is just smiling at her and reaches out uh, as if to touch her, but Sarah scoots back and is like, whoa, hey. And Harrow's pulls her hand back. I'm sorry, is that not okay? Sarah says, you do look a lot like mom. Technically, she is your biological half-sister. I... Did you kill George Perry? No, he was dead when I found him. I did try to revive him, though. Okay, so yes to body part trafficking, no to murdering this guy. Exactly. No, the traf... The... Honey, we don't have a right to those body parts. I mean, that's neither here nor there. It's the accusation, uh, the law that you broke. N- no, that that's extremely important. A lot of those bodies, uh, body parts that were taken were actually taken up so they could be given a proper burial. Uh, this is, okay, this is your thing. Yeah. All right, look, uh, we went in. Uh, we got a tip off from Terry that you had located the core and... We need more information than that, and fortunately, I was able to get in touch with a PI. Uh, you know Chet Winters? Does CD know Chet Winters? I don't think you do, because you never really looked into this, but Chet Winters knows you. He's the one who was following you that day you went on your solo mission. Oh, okay. Anyway, so Chet's been keeping an eye on you, because he was hired to, but uh, looks like he went a little bit rogue. Anyway, I've heard a lot about what you've been up to. I don't approve of it all of it, but obviously... I'm worried enough about you that I wanted to find some way to help. This is what we got. Think if we can, I don't know, re-download this one or unlock the memories in it, maybe we can clear your name. That would be nice, but that's not the most important thing at this point. It's a start. It's important to me. Uh, that is very important. Okay. Well, I do have my old body kicking around. We could put them in that. Put them well, in then. You get that ready. I'm going to talk to this clone and we'll... Uh, Half-sister. The clone. I'm going to talk to the clone. Get your old body ready for George Perry's backup, please. 
Okay, but she's not technically a clone because she has someone else's genetic material in there. We can deal with this later. I need to could, uh, speak uh, to I, this person. Okay, person or genetic construct, that would be it. That would be a good one. Okay, fine. And I think Haros and Sarah are speaking to each other. They go into the into the room. Chains has managed to get Yolo's arm back on with some help from Terry's proxies. They're just soldering it back into place. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's not off anymore. And uh, Yolo is looking up like, I never expected the job to get quite this dicey, but I guess that's on me. It was government installation after all. But uh, is Slip here? Is Slip here? I don't think so. Not right now. No, not right now. Wait, didn't we say that Crate and was it YOLO had dated at one point, but then decided to not date anymore because it was mixing uh, too much with work and romance? Probably. I mean, it sounds like something you might add into these characters. (laughs) Yes, me. Um, Yes, once YOLO's arm is back on, they are uh, pulling up panels and stuff uh, to scan around the outside and be like, Terry, if you could uh, maybe find a way to move us. Terry's like, oh, you got it. So uh, Terry begins to move to a different uh, meeting point. Um, I, I just want to say that in the Haros's MCD's room, I imagine that there's like now a shelf that has like these framed pictures and one says Sarah, it's like labeled with like a stick like a post-it note and it's a picture of Sarah when she was, you know, younger and alive. Um, then there's like Emrin <laughs> and it's like <laughs> this random like screen, like shot from when he was on the ship that, you know, on the. It's Emrin working on fixing the probable cause. <laughs> yeah. When Keva, he was doing that. Yeah. Keva. I, I don't know what the heck she was doing at that point. Maybe also working on the probable cause or maybe working on the express and then Maeve just the picture was taken because Maeve was hanging out with CD a lot. Mm -hmm. But you know, Maeve looks very spooky and I want to, I don't want to speak for velvet here, but I want to imagine that maybe and velvet will have to say yes or no. If Maeve was smiling with big predator teeth or or whatever or not in this picture, Uh, maybe that's so. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there's like one that's, it's like a mirror and it just says you. So, (laughs) and then there's like a drawing that said Hector that was like CDs, like trying their, I I think it was like a decent sketch of their memory of Hector. But then again, it wasn't, it was from Hector's like memory. So I don't know. Wait, right? would, well, no, CD saw his face. There we go. Cause she saw the body. You'd probably be able to. Trying to think if there was anyone else in these pictures. Slip, Augustus, probably. Yeah, I assume you would want those as well. Yeah. So, it's just basically... Yeah. yeah. We, we got the picture. Uh, you're getting your old body ready to receive a different core. And I think uh, as you are hooking George Perry up into your old busted uh, CD body, which I assume you've done some repairs on, so oh, that's at least functional. Yeah. No, it wasn't completely broken. It was just that was the CD body that had all the heat on it right uh so that is you can see there's the you know now loading screen going on so it's it's loading something into that body through the uh through the core that you've plugged in Mm -hmm. and uh i don't want to do a whole scene where i'm role-playing with myself so 
um, Heros and Sarah come back out of the room and uh, they're floating next to each other and, and speaking. They seem fairly at ease with each other at this point. So whatever they were talking about in there seems to have at least set Sarah's mind somewhat at ease. Were, were, were they comparing notes about what it's like having CD as a parent slash mom? Entirely possible. <laughs> why, why does CD do this? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and um, let's see here. So uh, Sarah says, okay, well, obviously there's been a lot of heat on me since you got most wanted status. So uh, I've been kind of cut off from everything, you know, in terms of my life, my career, my peers. But uh, I did receive another message that I didn't really understand until now. And actually, I think it might be a message to you. Oh, that's that's fun. I mean, some of the heat has been taken off because of the Sunbreakers. They're, they're really wanted. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you're working with them too? Yes, but I have to say that that recent uh, video thing completely made up. They don't even have guns. They don't even use guns. They don't use guns? Oh. How are they doing all of this? Well, for starters, from what I've gathered, the station down there, the habitat, they are living in a very primitive society that's been engineered by us like swords shields uh i want to say like 18 ish like 18 aughts like eight you know 19th century because they have bicycles i gather but like no tv no any any of that you know no mass media no no i think harrows looks up while you're saying that and she says "Uh, do you have my sword i never finished it was it the fox-headed one? No, I... And she looks very confused for a minute and, and shake and shaking her head. No, I... What? Yeah, no, that's a bleed-through. That must be a bleed-through. That was Hector. But if you want to go and finish it someday, you can. I, I know how to make a sword? Turns around and picks up a piece of paper and she says, I know how to make a sword. And she starts sketching something out. And Sarah turns back to you and is like, I, you did not think this through, did you? Which which thing? She just gestures over at uh, at Haros. Okay, no, I did think, but then everything changed. Okay, well, originally it was, uh, you know, when when they say, "Oh, you're going to make a human body that you can inhabit," uh, the idea was that I was going to go down on the station, maybe help set up a farm, uh, build a mausoleum, and then finally completely die. Okay, well, super depressing conclusion there mom um but that's something that we can discuss later clearly you've been online for way too long when did you last hibernate 200 years ago cd just looks off into the middle distance and was like there's a reason people hibernate this is okay later clearly we have more pressing issues than your fixations with death uh it's not a fixation it's a lifestyle yeah well an unlifestyle we're back to semantics again. All right, I'm going to shoot you this message on your on your script there. Oh and my she God. sends over a message from a Dr. Reed Tamaranda. Okay, I, I have to say that I really like the idea of CD search. Oh my gosh. I love this relationship. <laughs> Sarah's 
very annoyed with you most of the time these days. <laughs> I don't know if it's been since she hit puberty and then on, honestly. It's, it's more like, you know, my terrorist mom is a difficult thing for her to deal with. My terrorist <laughs> mom who's obsessed with death. It's uh, it's rough for her. I mean, at, at least like CD's the pastel goth. That's easier to handle, I think, maybe. 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 So your message from Dr. Reed Tamaranda is extremely cryptic, and it looks like it was encrypted. Like, it's not just cryptic. It looks like it was literally encrypted with some type of cipher that you don't necessarily recognize. The message itself seems fairly innocuous. It's just like talking about, hope you had a wonderful day, and this past Wednesday, here's something that I did, and... uh I added this to my shopping list. I tried this new buffer and found that it was really effective and like really inane stuff that would indicate a type of relationship you and Dr. Tamaranda did not have. So I think that is very suspicious. CD is just like, no, no, he couldn't be hitting on me with no, no. Try to, I, I need to try to figure out if there's some sort of cipher that would go with this. You could probably roll for that. Yes. CD. <laughs> Just imagine CD like pulling out a couple books to try to see if they're the coded thing for the cipher there. You want to do like a study roll? Yeah, this is a study, isn't it? Yeah, you're in a controlled situation, so control the standard effect on this. I'm I'm just annoyed because I'm like, I am only one tick away from getting another rank. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, you're not in a desperate position. Yeah, no, I got a three. Okay. So that So that means that it definitely, the cipher, like, key was definitely not the egyptian book of the dead no uh so on a controlled you can withdraw and try another uh, approach or you can attempt again in a risky position mm. okay so cd was going through a couple different books to see if they were the key of the cipher which i guess is more uh shall we say grassroots so now I guess CD is going to try a more technological way. Okay. Now, when we... Wow, it's so weird playing CD after playing Keva for a while. Because it's like, oh, wow, CD doesn't have many skills. <laughs> ah, I was just reading to see if Doctor Strange would apply to this. And it's not a precursor artifact or Doctor a Strange item. So... CD is a doctor and not a crypt writer, a cryptic cipher writer. Mm -hmm. So CD is going to remember back when they were in the army and uh, people would encrypt information. And CD's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was talking to this person who was telling me, oh, this is the sort of programs you run it through to like break in encryption okay so you're going to push yourself to use doctor in place of hack basically yes all right and that, go that's for it. too stress correct it is too stress this is still you also cold. do have gambits if you want to use one i have a gambit you have two gambits oh okay i will use one gambit so that's going to add another bonus die okay <gasps> wow it's so good that i used that <laughs> okay the last one was a six. Yeah, the last one was a six. Three, three, and six. So yeah, that, that turned out quite well. Uh, so as you are reading through this, uh, trying to find the way to unlock this cipher, I think it's actually Heros comes over and is looking over your shoulder. 
And uh, it's she's come over because she wants to show you the drawing she's made. And Ooh. the uh, as you are looking at the drawing she's made, because I assume like any parent, that is your priority over whatever yeah. you're doing at the moment. Yes, how does the sword look? Uh, it looks extremely cool. It looks oh way too big for her, but uh, it is a very cool looking sword. It looks more like it looks more like the kind of sword you'd see Zora carrying around. Um, but it is a... Oh. oh, wait, no, there's also Zora's picture. Crap, I forgot for a second. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we can assume that is yeah. there. So yeah, it, you're looking at that and uh, it is a very realistic rendering and it's like a, a, a detailed breakdown of what each part would look like. You know, the blade, the tang, the hilt, all that stuff. I'm going to look at some good old, big old Final Fantasy video game swords now yeah i think it looks probably kind of like cloud's ultima weapon the one that's sort of glowing oh, around okay. a, a purple core it's got flanges golden hilt it's like super ornate now i'm gonna look at that it's the kind of sword a child would draw when thinking of cool sword that that's always the best kind of sword Ooh, yeah that it's got like those yeah those things coming off of it kind of like the master sword yeah downward pointing hilt guards mm -hmm. and all that and I it do, glows I more do depending like, on what level your hit points are at and all that yeah i do i do cd it's like oh my gosh i i really like this sword I, you know what? Saying, oh yeah i'm glad you like it and she's looking at this thing and looking at your notes and she's saying uh what if you substituted this one for over here i think maybe this puzzle would make more sense if this piece you switched with this one CD tries it as like you are so, you are so smart. I'm also very good at drawing. She takes her drawing back and goes over to show it to Yolo instead, who is baffled by all of this. But uh, they are, of course, as you would imagine, Yolo would be a very cool uncle. So they're immediately mm -hmm. like, "Oh yeah, wow! Show me how this part works and all that." And yeah, Harris is with uh, the complete lack of guile walking Yolo through what, how the sword works. Uh, mm -hmm. Chains is hanging back, but uh, you can see he's got a bit of a smile at the corner of his mouth because even though Harrow's doesn't look like a child, uh, she is in many ways still a child. And yeah, you know, he loves kids. Mm -hmm. That was his whole raison d'etre back in the day. Oh gosh. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking somewhere at the bottom of one of CD's piles, there's got to be a sword somewhere <laughs> yeah so you've got the with that suggestion that sort of helps everything fall into place um and you are able to decipher this and it is actually a a very detailed medical write-up of the creation of haros and like you've done medical scans and stuff on haros but this is the type of information that with your tools you would never have been able to spot mm. and the interesting thing here is that Dr. Tamaranda appears to have encoded something into Harris's DNA. There is a sequence or a series of sequences in there that don't belong. Like, you know, a lot of DNA is just blank spaces in a lot of ways. So Dr. Tamaranda has written files and information into this in, uh, in Harris's genetic code. So there are instructions on how to access it and a, what's the word I'm looking for? An index. Ooh. So I, so CD basically is like, oh, ah, uh, that's so cool, but also a little invasive. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Tamaranda is still a person who built an army of Frankensteins. Yeah. I mean, CD didn't realize that. 
at the time. And to be fair to Dr. Tamaranda, they didn't become an army until the sodality of preservation got their hands on it. Yeah, it it was just a, a large group of an unorganized mass of Frankensteins that were just going to be chill, but, you know. So what you learn from reading through this is uh, a couple of interesting things. Number one, the reason why Haros was wandering around to begin with is because Dr. Tamaranda released her when the sodality was closing in. Um, Dr. Tamaranda realized, like, way too late to save himself that what was happening with the sodality's takeover but was able to basically shove Haros into like a bin and kick them out of the facility uh, so that's how Haros ended up wandering around in a in a hospital row barefoot in uh, in the middle of the core there when you ran into her and and ruining the simulation too yeah there's something about that as well so that's the first thing you learn here what Haros has encoded into her DNA is information on how to make a body, a human body, immune to interference from foreign nanites. Ooh. So <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head is, yes, every female body has the information to build another body. But, you know, this it's, is different. Yeah. This, I think, CD would recognize in this something they have been looking for. As something that will treat. I want to imagine it as like a vaccine for foreign nanites in, in a sense. Like there are. You can see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. There are some vaccines that uh, will have information in them that allow the body to create its own immuno defense against these, like these blueprints that allow it to create its own defense towards, uh, you know, foreign body. Uh, virus or such so i imagine that it's sort of like that it's basically like oh this is what you need to create this vaccine if you will that will allow the body to reject these is what i'm getting here mm -hmm. so i think you would be able to make this but uh, cd would know you know you would need to probably take a blood sample from haros to access those instructions get to the index because it's mm -hmm. built in there. But uh, once you have that information and perhaps those blueprints, this is something that CD could potentially create that would be able to deactivate the limiters and controls that have been imposed on the people of Havlon. Oh, Ooh, this is this is very important and very good and also very good for my karma or debt or whatever you want to say, the insert religion term here. <sighs> so CD is looking at this and, and is like, okay, kids, come over here. And um, Haros comes over and Sarah looks up from what she's doing, pauses for a moment, sighs deeply. You see her shoulders go like, <laughs> she comes over and like, what is it now? Okay. You don't want me to write you another will, do you? No. Okay. I always keep that up to date. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no, this is this is not related to me. First of all, Heros, I'm going to need your permission to draw some of your blood um, because uh, the guy that helped create you, Doctor Tamaranda, wrote some instructions in your DNA for a vaccine. Oh, vaccines are good. Yes, yes, you have a. I hope it doesn't negatively affect you in any way. I feel fine. Yes, but um, so Sarah, here's another reason why I am what I am doing. 
Because did you happen to know that the people down on the habitat are in, have nanites put in them? That is, have a kill switch at the age of 64. That seems terrible. Thank you for agreeing with me. Well, I mean, I didn't know, or if I did, I don't know now. Same here. But I do know now because I found out about this from uh, my temporary intern. But anyway, so that's another thing that I was uh, weighing on on me. And so the good doctor wrote, a, I guess the best word for it is a vaccine for these nanites into Haros's DNA. So using a copy of it, we should be able to sync, uh, sequence one and create it and hopefully make it accessible for all those people down there. So she looks over at Harrow's. You're telling me that in her DNA, there is a code we can use to what hack these nanomachines. I didn't even know we could do nanomachines, but I guess we could at least rewrite them, but can hack them so that the people on the habitat can live longer. Well, live a natural lifespan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, why aren't we doing it? I mean, we're going to start right away. I just wanted to make sure that you were okay with that, that you wanted to go along with it, because consent is an important part of life. Haros is looking at you and says, this is good? Helping save people's, other people's lives is very good. It's, it's the most important thing. It's, it's what a doctor does. A doc- Corporations are evil. Mm, a lot of corporations corporations do evil things and they have a very 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 strong tendency to be evil some of them have some of them have created good things over time but this is good this is one of the good things that they make yes you this things that save lives yes will it hurt it shouldn't much at all it should be a little bit of pain and then it's over with temporary i don't like pain but i want to be good well let me tell you no one likes pain well almost no one you see chains in the background he has his finger up he's about to correct you on that point <laughs> <laughs> i get it solomon she's he a child you strike huh? yeah. so yeah she holds out her arm well and we don't have to do the yeah, actual yes yeah, cd's like oh, on well, screen oh, oh, Wait a minute, I, I need to get I need to make sure that all my tools are sterilized and everything. Okay. So yeah, that's what So to be clear with how this works, the thing that is encoded into her DNA is not meant to be used in the way you're going to use it. It is meant to keep the green bodies alive on the habitat. Because as we know, there's stuff there that makes it incompatible with the uh genetic makeup of at least as far as we know, bodies of sun people. So that's what it was originally designed for. You, but uh, you you know you can use it the other mm-hmm. way around. Yeah. It, it's just engineering it to... I don't want to say reverse engineer, but... In a way, you're, you're using this to do something adjacent to its intended purpose. Yeah. Okay. So I think what we want to do here is we're just going to do a roll on it because we don't have a lot of time left. Yes. I wanted to just interject very, very quickly and say that the sword that CD has is a, that uh, they find and they're like, 
I'm going a lot of times when people would get their blood drawn or have this sort of thing done, they would be given a gift of a candy or a sticker, but I'm going to give you something better. And CD finds the Kapesh. Uh, mm. I'm probably butchering it, but it's an Egyptian seagull's, uh, sickle sword. That's what yeah, it was. The, yeah. The sword used as the basis for the design of the Y caliber logo. Yes. <laughs> It's a sword that looks kind of like a question mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It evolved from an axe, actually. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that it's like really great quality, but it's decent quality. Like it's better than just like one of those cheap ones that you would buy at, say, like a anime convention. <laughs> Let's do an acquire asset roll just to see how okay. good it is. That's 1d6 to go with your cruise tier. Okay. Let me that up again. No, that, that's okay. the worst one. That's a one. So maybe it, <laughs> that is a one. So it is like the convention grade, like plastic hilt with metal blade. It's, a, it's like a House of Knives deal. <laughs> I think maybe uh, when CD got it, they were under the impression that it was better quality than it is. And when, when you give it to Haros, she looks at it and... She looks up at you and there's like a, a furrow in her brow and she says like lips pressed together and then, uh, you shouldn't say no to a gift. So thank you. It's a starter sword until you can make a better one for yourself then. She just, yeah, she just puts it down next to her and says, thank you for the gift. I'm sure you can probably improve it as well. She looks uncertain about that. <laughs> 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 And CD doesn't know. CD CD just thinks like, oh, if, if she sharpens it and gets a better hilt for it, it's going to be mm -hmm. great. But yeah, CD doesn't know. Not. But Haros definitely seems to have a an intuitive grasp of just how bargain basement this sword is at tier zero. But anyway, it's she is she is doing her best to be polite and accepting a gift the way that you have taught her to do. Okay, so you draw the blood and. Hopefully that's the bad role gotten out of the way because we're yeah. going to do, I think this is probably doctor to work this. So you can do this in controlled. I'm going to say great effect because you have help from Sarah, who is an accomplished doctor herself. Yes. Another doctor. Um, I'm sure Miss medical student Harrow's over there might also be keeping an eye on it. Um, she is interested in it, but um, this isn't something that she would like know because it's not something you've ever done before. Yeah, it's a four. I meant with the drawing of the blood, but yeah. yeah. Now, do you want to use your your last gambit? Yeah, yeah. I want to make that a little bit better. Oh, you already rolled. Okay, you can still roll an extra die for your gambit. No, what's with these ones? Well, we, we already knew that the sun goons were cursed. Yeah, I know. But I, you I... did get a four on this. So I think you have you have succeeded, obviously, in creating this. And it has, you are pretty sure it's going to work. It is not something that you can just disperse like um, aerosol style or whatever. So it is something that you would have to administer or get someone to administer in that way, person by person. Okay. Uh, again, drawing back to the same uh, space of Mass Effect and that like putting it on the thing with the putting out the genophage cure. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's something that you will have to figure out a way to, I mean, it's something you can work on improving, but for now yeah. you have the basis of it and you can work on improving it. 
And I think the downside here, the consequence that we get is just as you are holding it up and you and Sarah are looking at it together and uh, Harris is looking on in interest and uh, like, what's the, what's the moment? What's the thing that you say once you look at it and you know that it's complete and will work? Okay. This was the second thing that came to mind. So mm-hmm. hot diggity dog, it's done. And Sarah is in a good enough mood from the success and working together with you that she just chuckles, doesn't say anything, just chuckles and puts a hand on your shoulder. And Harrow's smiles. Yolo and Chains are over monitoring things that Terry is dealing with. And moments later, uh, Chains looks up and he says, Oh no, we have incoming. And that's when the explosions begin and the episode ends. So thank you for joining me, Keekers. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for putting up with my nonstop crazy. (laughs) It's always enjoyable. Uh, I have been ARP. My pronouns are here, they. You can find me on Twitter at YCaliber. Follow the show at Broken Sun RPG. And of course, we encourage you to visit our website at BrokenSunRPG.com. And today I was joined by Keekers. Hello. Yes, I am Keekers, also named Space Space Cat. My pronouns are she slash her. And I played uh cd and only cd today and when we return we will probably be doing our last mission with our sun goon characters oh oh boy oh it's gonna be so much fun right so until then all the best all the best everyone see you later see you later and space squid one space squid just one space squid today a singular space squid